the relationship between a tailor and a client is a very intimate relationship. We kind of have to learn kind of everything about your life to kind of yeah, give you the yeah. best, the best kind of service. Hi everyone, it's Sonny Grant here and I'm with Alex. Um, Alex is a fellow tailor uh, and a friend of mine. We're doing a little bit of a different kind of video today. So it's going to be sort of like a podcast, question and answers type video. We've got five topics that we're going to go through, kind of talking about tailoring and menswear and fashion in general. Um, and yeah, if the video is good, then it's good and we'll do some more. And if it's crap, then this is the only one you're going to see. So <laughs> yeah, should we, should we jump right into it? Yeah. Good. How are you? I'm very good. Good, I'm good. Happy to be in London. Yeah, in the Strand, the famous Strand. In the Strand, yeah. Lovely view from the window as well, the Royal Court of Justice behind us. Um, so your, your type of tailoring, I would say that you're more of like a European style tailor. Yeah, I'm more like a Italian Neapolitan style. Yeah. I, I'm in love with Neapolitan style. Yeah. And I'm, I'm more of like a British, a, a classic British tailor. I think for the uninitiated, when we say European style or Neapolitan style, what we, essentially the way you can define that is slim fit suits versus regular fit suits in a nutshell. There's more, there's more to it than that, but that's yeah. the kind of big, yeah. the big difference is, is the fit. So generally for Neapolitan style suits, we cut much, we, we cut kind of a much more tapered and slim yeah. fit look. It's closer to, closer the, body, to the body. Yeah. And uh, it has the V shape, it has the spala camicia shoulder with pleats, the patch pockets. Um, it's more, I would say, it's more, of a, yeah, more of a statement piece, I would yeah, say. Yeah. Very kind of, it's, it's a very defining suit. Um, I, like, I like Neapolitan style tailoring. Um, I, was, I was just trained as a, as a British tailor. And my own, my own suits tend to be more on the ruby side. I, I tend to prefer, for my own body anyway, to kind of have a more relaxed fit. Um, I do like the patch pockets, though. Um, yeah, I mean, I love, I absolutely love your suits. I mean, tell everyone your Instagram, because I really think they should check you out on there. Yeah, it's uh, Alexandro Popa yeah. with double R. So. I'll, tag, I'll tag him in the, in the description below, wherever you're seeing this. Probably Instagram, maybe YouTube, I don't know. Um, but yeah, definitely check check Alex out. Your um, some exciting news, which is being published for the first time on on this video. You're yeah. you're leaving London and going to Romania. I'm leaving London and I'm looking forward to to going to Romania and uh, establish my yeah my business over there. I will uh, travel to the the major city in Romania and uh, do some trunk shows mm. there. So. Uh, Kind of like going back to your roots, isn't it? That's yeah, how we started, is doing trunk shows and like meeting people in coffee shops and stuff. And <laughs> that's how exciting, we started, yeah. yeah. Before before we got these like really nice showrooms and all this other stuff, I remember like sitting in a Starbucks and like meeting a client with a suitcase full of fabrics. And yeah, yeah I don't, it's, a, it's a big step, but uh, huge step. Yeah, yeah. Is there a big is there a big tailoring scene in Romania? Uh, I would say um, are some brands over there who are doing. Quite well, but uh, no one, I think, is uh, very established there. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. We have here Severo, or uh, we have in uh, Italy Neapolitan uh, tailors. And so there's no like Romanian Savile Row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, you might have to make it. You might have to start the Ro Romanian Savile Row. Yeah. There we go. I'll come and open a shop in Romania. Um, okay. So the first, the first topic is. The evolution of London's tailoring scene and its impact on global fashion trends. 
I think it's an interesting one. I think London put Taylor on the map, right? So bespoke tailoring started in London in the 1700s. Um, and yeah, we've kind of always been a, a major player in tailoring. I mean, we are probably, I, I would argue we're the best, right? Yes. You're. Other, <laughs> other countries would say no. You know, Italy is always, is always trying to get the top spot. Um, America as well, surprisingly. There's a lot of really good tailors in America. Um, David Ambrico is one that I know. He's, he's really, really good. But then interestingly, he does like British tailoring, but in America. Um, there's some really well-established names from London who have gone to America as well. Yeah. Um, and have trunk shows out there. They do there. a lot of trunk shows. Yeah. Stuff. New York as well is huge for tailoring. New York, San Francisco, yeah. Chicago. Yeah. Everything. I, but I would say we're probably, I'd say London's the best. Yeah, you have the great history. Yeah. Huge names that have been going for names, centuries. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess our impact on the, on the global tailoring scene is, is huge. I mean, we started the tailoring scene and we've kind of always maintained it, right? There's always been this great need or tailored suits in the UK, particularly in London. Admittedly, it's gone, it's, it's less and less, right? I mean, when my grandfather started the business in the 50s, every high street had a tailor's because there was no, you know, Moss Bros or John, Luke. there was nowhere you could go to buy an off-the-rack suit. If you wanted yeah. a suit, you had to have it made. That was the only option. Um, but it also wasn't out of reach for many people. Like, it wasn't as expensive. Now, if you want a tailored suit, because there aren't many tailors left, you're paying a lot of money for a tailored suit. Um, you know, 50 years ago, it wasn't yeah, everyone that difficult. Was everyone a, had tailored suit. Tailored suit yeah. yeah, and actually, to be honest with you, most people knew how to do basic tailoring. You know, so they would they would do it themselves. A lot of people. Um, yeah, but now with the mass production and fast uh, fashion, it's more easy to. Do you know, I think fast to fashion... To get a suit, to get a t-shirt, to get... But it's like a disease, fast fashion. Like, I'm so against fast fashion. You know, the fashion industry is the second most polluting industry in the world. Because what, what people, uh, they, they doesn't know is uh, that our margin are very low comparing to uh, retailers. Incredibly yeah. low. Because when you get a metal measure suit or a bespoke suit, you pay for, for the... Production, actually, for the the work, mm. for the real work, and for the fabric. Yeah. When you you pay for a, a retail suit, you pay for the rent, and for the, the marketing for everything. And and the, and us uh, retailers are buying these suits in incredible quantities. Yeah. So they're able to take advantage of a lot of a lot bigger buying power than what you and I have. So we're buying fabric by the meter. And they're buying suits by the ton. They're buying like a thousand suits at a time. And, you know, they're usually made in countries that have a low wage, right? So, you know, places like Vietnam, Thailand, India, huge for, for suit making. Um, and, you know, they're paying like a fiver for a suit and they're selling yeah. it for 200 pounds. Whereas, you know, you and I, our margins are ridiculously low. Um, I think there's this misconception actually that tailors make a lot of money. Like people think we're millionaires. Yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish we were millionaires. I think there are a couple of tailors who have done really, really well, and they make a lot of money. But the majority of tailors actually don't make a huge amount. We make good money, right? You know, we're not poor. We we do make good money. Let's not let's not you know pretend we're victims. We do make good money, but we don't make the amount of money that people think we make. Yeah, yeah, because this is about passion. 
it's about uh, the lifestyle. Yeah. This is not a job. No, it's, it, it's, a, it's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. It is. It's way more than a job. And I think you really have to have a passion for tailoring. It's not something you can just walk into, right? Yeah. I mean, even learning, learning the trade is it's so, so difficult. difficult. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's, no, there's no school. It takes years and, yeah. And it takes mistakes, right? You have to mess it up so many times. I mean, I remember my first few clients after my granddad let me loose on people. Like, the suits were terrible. <laughs> they were disgusting. But you have to make those mistakes. Yeah. I mean, we're going off on a tangent now. The, the, the topic was London's tailoring scene, its impact on global fashion trends, and we've just gone off on a tangent. But um, so onto fabrics. So finding the perfect balance between like style, quality, comfort, price. Price is a huge one as well, especially in the current climate we're in, where everything's more expensive and no one has any money. Um, Obviously, we, we both have clients who are very easy to work with and they know exactly what they want and it's just it's simple and it's done. But we also both have quite a few clients, probably more actually, who have never had a bespoke suit before. They don't know what they're looking for. They don't know anything about fabrics. How would you, how would you guide them into that process? Yeah, it depends. Uh, like for me, I have a lot of international customers mm. from like 25 countries. So it depends the climate. I have a customer from Middle East. They need a... You're not going to give them a, a, a heavy wool. Yeah, yeah. give them like a hairy tweed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you give them like a linen or a fresco or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something linen, something, I don't know, Loro Piana Super 150. Yeah, yeah, something light. Light, yeah, yeah something light. And um, yeah, I think the, the second thing is uh, their lifestyle, uh, their needs, like... Uh, how many times uh, you wear that suit? Yeah, that's a big one. If yeah. you wear it like every day, then you need a fabric that gonna stand up. Yeah, to stand up. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, I mean suits. So <laughs> suits can wear out if you wear them every day, and you've got a fragile fabric. Yeah, don't don't go and get like a Laura Piana Super Two Hundred yeah. suit if you're gonna because wear it five days a week. Some people think the higher the number, better the, the quality. The better, yeah. But it's not like this every time. Yeah, and, pe and people often mistake price for meaning quality. And to a certain extent, that is true, right? Most of the time, when things cost more, they usually are better quality. But it, it's all subjective, isn't it? Because if you, like you said, if you wear a suit five days a week to the office, actually a really expensive fabric isn't going to do you any favors. You're probably going to want, you know, some kind of wool blend or some kind of like more of a performance fabric that will, you know, that will take stains and you can brush them off or, you know, it will take wrinkles a bit better um, and it, it won't wear out as quick. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think, I think like, I think the relationship between a tailor and a client is a very intimate relationship. You know, we, we kind of have to learn kind of everything about your life to kind of yeah, give you the yeah. best, the best kind of service. Um, yeah, when a customer come in, you need to to analyze him. Yeah, and know yeah, and, yeah. and know everything about him. It's From it's quite it's kind of like how he talks, how he be, he behaves. Yeah. How, you know, it's sort of like the relationship between a man and a barber, isn't it? Like once you find yeah. your barber, you don't go anywhere else. You stick with your barber. Same with a tailor. Once you've got yeah. a tailor, you you never leave, right? Because that tailor has taken so much time to get to know you. And you know, even that's like measuring clients, you have to learn the intricacies of their body, right? Some people have lumps and bumps and whatever in certain places. Yeah. 
and we have to make sure that suit fits perfectly, you know? Um, which I think is why people are willing to spend more, right? Because because like me, I have some uh, some customers from uh, Singapore or Middle East. They're just calling me two, three months in advance and mm. tell me, Alex, I'm coming to London. So make me two, three suits. You choose the fabric, you choose everything. Yeah. And when they come, I go to them, to their hotel, just fits in. Everyone is happy because they trust me. I know what they want. And in this way, I can work with them. Yeah. I think it's nice having that relationship as well, where the, the client just goes, do you know what? You do what you do. Yeah. Here's the money and you just make it happen. I've had clients that have come to me before and they've said, look, I need a blue suit. And I don't care. Right. You do the rest. You know, I've already got their measurements because I've worked with them before and they just leave me to it. I design the yeah. suit, I pick the fabric, you know, and they just give me that basic requirement. It must be blue. Great. Done. And they have nothing to do with it. Um, so, yeah, I, lo I love clients like that because you yeah. can't just get to do what you want, really. Don't you? Some of them, they, they tell me sometimes, Alex, this is a little bit too stylish for me. Yeah, it's too but crazy. <laughs> Calm down. Yeah, yeah, I get that sometimes as well. Um, what's next? The personal touch. So how, how custom customer consultations bring a design to life in bespoke tailoring? I think that's the beauty of bespoke tailoring, isn't it? Because you can essentially, what I always tell my clients is if it's made out of fabric and you can wear it, I can make it, right? Yeah. You know, because I get clients say, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? And the answer is most of the time is yes, right? I've had some crazy requests from clients. I just recently did a, a suit for a friend of mine who's a yeoman warder. Um, which is essentially like the, the, the king's bodyguard, right? You know, the ones that wear those red suits and whatever else. Yeah. Um, and he had a bespoke suit made and he wanted to incorporate UK and his military history, but without kind of being too crazy. So what we did was we, we got a really nice deep blue fabric and the lining of the jacket was a, like a scarlet red silk to match his tunic that he would wear. And then the lining for the waistcoat was a, kind of like a, a white silk, a white twill. Um, and that together compromised the colors of the Union flag. And so it's subtle, right? He knows the reason why those colors exist. But really, if you were just a person looking at his suit, you wouldn't know. You just see red, blue, and white, right? Um, but it's, it's those small things that we do, those kind of personal touches that I think creates that experience that the customer keeps on coming back for. Um, and I mean, you know, I think, yeah, I, I think the experience is one of the key of uh, doing this business because. And it, and it is an experience, isn't it? You know, like we'll have customers come in and, you know, we'll give them a beer or we'll give them some wine and we'll play yeah. some music and, you know, we don't rush, you know, appointments take an hour, two hours, three hours and everything's just considered. Everything's thought about. Because you know. it's how you make the customer feel. Mm. Um, yeah, and there's plenty of wearing, out Wearing there. your suits and uh, being with you as well. Mm. Yeah, well, you kind of almost do become friends with your clients. I mean, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of my clients now, I go out for lunch with them, I go for beers with them. Yeah. Um, because it is such an intimate relationship that you do kind of become friends. Um, but yeah, I think I, the customer conversation is key. That first meeting is, is critical because it's where you lay the foundation, right? It's where, you know, it's where the person tells you their likes, their dislikes, what they want, their vision. And you as a tailor, your job is to take those kind of thoughts out of their brain and turn them into a tangible object that they can wear. Um, and I think that's quite a unique skill that we have is being able to, you know, someone, 
I've got clients that come to me before and said, I want to look like uh, James Bond yeah. in, in, in Dr. No, right? And this is the suit I want. And I have yeah, to we read. We can do this. Yeah, we definitely we can do this. I love it when clients do that because then I've got a reference, right? I can just go home, I can watch the film and I go, great, I'll make that suit. No problem. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's key in customer consultation. Uh, so topic four, the future of bespoke tailoring. I, I think bespoke tailoring will always exist. I'm yeah. hopeful anyway. I do think it's taking a trend or a shift even towards the more the more casual. Um, because I think the quality will, will ever exist because. Yeah, I think quality is. Is the key and uh, I think using the like a uh, very high quality fabrics with uh, very high uh, craftsmanship. Mm. That's the key. Yeah, and I think that there are a lot of. Will be timeless. Will be. There are a lot of. There are a lot of brands out there who position themselves as being luxury, but actually the quality of their garments yeah, are not are not luxury. But it's the name, right? They come and go. Obviously. Yeah, they just. Come. And I think, you know, look, bespoke tailoring has been around since the seventeen hundreds. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. What I do think is happening well it's already happening but i'm 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 looking forward to it really accelerating is the kind of whole sustainability angle bespoke tailoring is kind of the original sustainable business right because we've yeah. always we've always used natural fabrics we don't mass produce so we've never mass produced so we always make to order um so in a sense it it's inherently and kind of naturally sustainable but there are some really interesting things happening in the space you know, there's some really interesting sustainable fabrics that are, that are being researched. Um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to, to how it's going to go. I mean, I, I had a, a, a colleague of mine who works in um, fabrics and textiles. Oh, okay. And he showed me a fabric that was made out of olives, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, and do you know what? It felt like cotton, but it was 100% olives. And it's those kind of things that I think are really going to accelerate in the next five or ten years. Um, and I think innovation is is coming as well. I mean, look, yeah. everyone's talking yeah, about it, so uh, I may as well bring it up, right? AI, I, artificial I, intelligence. I tried a few times to, to innovate this business and uh, maybe put this business in, in online. Like, uh, but this is a business in person. I think I think AI will change that. I think AI will change that. I don't think someone can can measure you by an app or a platform because everyone has his own style. So some people like uh, to show a little bit of calf on the shirt. That's some true. Some people don't. Yeah. So I don't think I think I think there will always be a place for a tailor, a human tailor. But I do think that that with this huge kind of technological revolution that we're currently going through i do think that aspects of our role will be changed so i do think there is a i do think there is a place for technology and tailoring you know I, I meet a lot of tailors who still do things on pen and paper right and but yeah look uh, like the tailors uh, like uh, 50 years ago and look at you now mm. you do everything on, on laptop yeah you have your own system your own stuff there not, yeah, I think I think as long as we as long as we keep up with the the kind of emerging trends online, I think I think 
that's that's what's going to happen. I think it's going to move to a much more online distance model because the whole world is, right? Everything's online now. We live in an Amazon Prime age. Everything's online. Everyone wants everything straight away. No one wants to wait. You know, for a bespoke suit, you're waiting like, you're waiting months for a bespoke suit to be made. People don't want it, right? Amazon Prime has put people in a position now where they want their product the day before they ordered it, right? So, yeah, I think... I think tailoring is here to stay, but I think it will in the next 5, 10, 15 years. I think there will be some significant changes, particularly in the sustainability angle and, and kind of what fabrics we're using. Obviously, wool has always been sustainable. Yeah, of um, course. It's, you know, it's cheaper, <laughs> you know, so it's always been sustainable and it always will be sustainable. Um, but I think, I think there's some exciting things on, on the horizon. I do think there's some exciting things on the horizon for sure. Number five is an in-depth look at client-tailor relationship. We've kind of already gone through this, really. Yeah, yeah, it's um, the key. It's the key. It is, it is the, the key. It's, we, work in a we work in a people business. And, yeah, yeah if, you don't, if you are not good with people... Yeah, if you've, if you've got a crap sense <laughs> of humour, you should not be a tailor. Um, yeah, every, every tailor should aim to be someone who everyone wants to be friends with. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how. That's it, a good point. That's what every tailor should be like because it's interesting. Like when it, whenever we do these events, I'm like Savile Row, and we go for like these drinks parties, and all the other tailors are there. Yeah. It is the best night out ever because yeah. everyone chats to each other. Everyone's super friendly. It's because we've all mastered the art of being people, persons, people, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we have. We really have. We've mastered it, right? And you know, a tailor can walk into a room and can make friends with anyone. Because we meet with people from every country. We meet with people from all different walks of life. You know, I tailor for people who are billionaires. I tailor for people who are celebrities. I tailor for people who have got their first job or their first wedding. You know, I tailor for people with huge budgets, low budgets. I tailor for people, I tailor for men, I tailor for women, you know. And so we meet people from all walks of life. So we kind of have become experts at just people, yeah. being nice people. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the you key. Can, you can read people and maybe at some point even read people's minds because... We do kind of know what clients want yeah. before they want. And it, it, we shouldn't stereotype. When, because when a guy enters the room, you, you already know. You know, how, this this how, guy wants this, that, the earth. And how much money he has in his pocket. Yeah, you yeah. know already. Yeah. And we shouldn't, but we do. Like, we shouldn't stereotype. But, you know, I'll get clients and as soon as they walk through the door, I know exactly what kind of suit they want. Um, and I don't even bother showing them anything else because I know that, you know, here's the book and I know you'll find something in there that you like. And I don't think I've ever been wrong. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been wrong. Um, you can just tell, right? We just, we've just hundreds and hundreds of clients. You just kind of build up a database in your head. of what Yeah, people because want. people are not like Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg who are wearing a T-shirt and they are billionaires. Yeah. Very few rich Very people few. actually do that. Most yeah. of them actually openly express yeah, they, their wealth. Yeah, they show up, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very interesting. It is very interesting. Well, I've run out of topics. Have you got anything so, you want to talk goodbye, about? Goodbye, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, goodbye, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs>